0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple
1: near you. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. 30-something years ago,
0: I woke up in my sleep, out of my sleep in a cold sweat. God spoke to my heart and said, you are going to be the mayor, January 1st, 2022. And the message was, God stated, you cannot be silent. You must tell everyone
1: you know. Because it's a Judges 7, verse 2 through 7 moment, because when you win the battle, I don't want you to think that you won on your own, and I don't want people to think That you won because of you who you are. Real tape, by the way, folks. That's not an SNL bit. That's not a, a takeoff of Mayor Eric Adams. He actually said that at some church, I believe, on Father's Day, that God called him 30 years ago and said 2022 you'd be mayor. And to quote Joe Biden after meeting with the uh making sure that the AD in Ukraine got fired, well, son of a bitch, it happened. So what I was thinking was, being that every mayor in this city aspires to be Rudy Giuliani, the greatest mayor of all time, and no one will ever come close. He's also on the station every day at 3 o'clock. But Greatest mayor ever. If God called Eric Adams, I can't imagine who called Rudy Giuliani. Or maybe, just maybe, Rudy decided to do it himself. We're going to find out right now. Because here he is, my friend Woody Giuliani. Woody, did uh, did God reach out to you too, or?
0: <laughs> I can't believe you're asking me this question. I can't believe what he said. Uh, first of all, I should point out that by and large, God has spoken through angels. Remember, yes. I mean, I think Moses got direct communication from God, and Jesus. Right. But but those of us who aren't Moses or Jesus have to rely on angels like Gabriel. Even the My Book son. of Mormon was dictated by angels. Right. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I feel very inferior this morning. I really do. I mean, you made me feel very bad. Well, I'm Adam's- sorry. Oh. Yeah.
1: He's got that I one. Think, yeah. I
0: think I got a call from Guy Molinari. <laughs> I think that was nice. My call was a guy who told me I had to run for mayor uh, guy because Malinari. the city was in such bad shape. And I prayed a lot. I, I asked him, you know, a couple of times I asked him if I was going to win. He didn't tell me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a bit, all kidding aside. And you know, Rudy, you know that I've made a lot of people angry at this station around town because... Not me. No, I know. Not, not me, you. Either. I know. I know. But I decided I was going to befriend Eric Adams. And to his credit, he has befriended me dinners, lunches, text messages, phone conversations, Dinner. all that. And and I've tried. I've really, really tried uh, to kind of help him and, and, and understand where he's coming from. But I have to tell you, I am going sideways because I am just not seeing the results. Another brutal subway weekend, more and more people dying, more and more people leaving. I'm not seeing what Eric Adams is trying to convince New Yorkers is really going on. Are you? No. No, no.
0: In some ways, uh, you, know, it, you know, de Blasio was a worse mayor. Uh, There are improvements. When you look below the surface, you can see improvements. But he he buries the improvements with – he does exactly the opposite of what I recommend in my book. He over-promises and under-delivers. He he sounds like he's very brave. He's going to stand up to the legislature. Then he doesn't, right? Then he caves. Uh, He's going to stand up to the unions, right? It was one of the biggest mayoral cave into the union I've ever seen. John Lindsay did better, uh, but he—he he, unlike De Blasio, we knew what we were getting. In his case, there's a great deal of buyer's remorse. I mean, even I think you have a little of that, although you know, I, well, I think you do. And I well do. look,
1: I, but I, I would wonder. look. I I voted for Curtis Leiva, but I've got remorse in that I've started to trust him. But as we said this no. morning, how about this, Bill De Blasio, lazy? Eric Adams crazy that rhymes
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know he's a type he's a political type that can't stand up to the political pressure or or let his ambitions let his ambitions get in his way uh, uh, this is a just my own psychological assessment that might be worthless but i think he has higher ambitions he does not want to irritate the democratic party so when he talks brave, and then it falls into an area that the Democratic Party doesn't allow you to say or believe, he caves in, and uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit Andrew Cuomo's problem too. And he's never, he's never going to be a successful mayor if he does that. He'll constantly, his results will belie all his boasting, yeah. and uh, it's a terrible thing because, you know, there's some hope with him. I agree. There was, yeah. There's hope with he, him. He can think and figure out the right thing to do. Not all the time, but very often. Yes.
1: They, you know what you know, you know really lost me was the, uh, here's an example of where he caved, okay? Forgetting about the, you're right, the legislator, the legislature, I should say, he never really, really, really calls out Kathy Hochul. In fact, uh, he compliments her. He never really calls out Andrew Stewart-Cousins or Carl Heasty, But here's where he kind of lost me. The uh, My friend uh, Thomas Kinnip, his client, Daniel Penny, the hero Marine, I'll say it again, the hero Marine who saved the day, and unfortunately, Jordan nearly died. Eric Adams comes out, unlike the rest of these parties, and goes, wait, slow down. You know, because Sharpton, give him the electric chair. Hochul, give him the electric chair. Slow down. Let's see the facts. And then they get to him, and then it's like, hey, man, that could have been my son, black man on the train. Again, the black man stuff. He's got to stop with the race stuff.
0: Yeah, you know, I praised him immediately when he did that. I try, I try hard when he does something right because I do criticize him a lot. I try hard when he does something right to praise him, but half the time he takes it away. Right? I mean, right. I praise him for two days and then I look like a jerk. <laughs> I get people to call me and say, what, "What you praise him for?" Right? Didn't you know? Aren't aren't you experienced enough now? I mean, I thought it, I I said he did exactly what a mayor is supposed to do in a situation like that. He he, uh, sort of gave Penny's side of it, but he didn't come to a conclusion. He said exactly what he should have said, the system will decide. I mean, in a situation with a police killing or a controversial killing, unless it's clear as hell, the job of the mayor is to calm the city down and and, and put their sights on the judicial system and say, hey, let's have no reaction now. There's nothing to react to. Nothing's happened. This is what we have this system for. They're going to decide innocent, guilty. If you don't like the result and you want to get angry, then we'll deal with it, but at least give us a chance. So uh, he did that and more, did it just right. And then it goes into the whole racial craziness of the last no. 30 years. He, he evokes it, you know, the, yeah. the whole Sharpton language and it's a tragedy. It it's is a tragedy. Yeah. It's even what's like. My mother used to say to me when she didn't like my grades, she used to say to me, if you were dumb, I wouldn't care, but you're smart and mm-hmm. you're capable of getting a good
1: Right, race, so right. I love that. Gets... <laughs> I know that's a great analogy with well, Eric. This is, of course, the great mayor, Rudy Giuliani, on 3 o'clock every weekday afternoon. In my lifetime, the greatest politician I've ever seen at any level, city, state, federal, I don't care. But uh, you know what else was pretty good? Not as good as you, but pretty damn no, good. You're, you're, and you're, you, you got this one right, uh,
0: and, and you did the right thing. Thank you. Thank you. You should, try, you. To you. You should you. try to help your city. And the amazing thing is I think a lot of people were afraid when you did it you were going to get snowed. So a lot of times when somebody gets involved with a politician the politician sort of, you know, takes them over. Nah, now, you me. did
1: a good job of keeping you. your object. Yeah. By the that way, no, by the, the way, way. I, I, I'm Are the one silly? who uh, I'm the one who paid for dinner. He's not taking me over. Uh <laughs> But I want to talk to you about your friend Donald Trump. He uh, spoke for the first time since his indictment with Brett Baer, who I don't like very much, on uh, Fox News last night. He's talented, Brett, but I never, I never know what side of the aisle he's on. And he gave uh, Trump a pretty hard time about the, the documents and the boxes. And Trump said, hold on a second. What about Biden? What about Pence? What about yeah, Obama? He, is he right, Rudy? He's, of course he's right. I mean, you can't, you can't uh, judge this
0: case in a vacuum. First of all, precedent is part of the law. It isn't as if Trump is making this up. This started about 1,000 years ago in England. Uh, We compare one case to another. In fact, in England, they don't even have written laws. Uh, They didn't have written laws for the longest time. It was just the opinion of courts. You went back to an opinion – like in this particular case, if we were in 12th century England, they would say, how did we handle the Hillary Clinton case? Oh, well, she destroyed 33,000 documents, but we decided it wasn't serious enough to prosecute. Oh, my goodness, then we can't prosecute him because this is so much different and so much less, and we'll have a real revolution here. There'll be a sense of unfairness. So what he's arguing for has a great deal of wisdom. It's the way people evaluate law for centuries. And what it turns out is, are you a country where we have a roughly equal system, or are we a fascist country in which the ruling party can get away with anything, and the other party gets prosecuted for everything? And that's where we are, and I think every time he points out that they've indicted him for something far less than Hillary Clinton did. And I would argue less than Biden did, because Biden had no reason to take those documents. And second, he put them in the hands of our adversaries. Every place he put them, the Chinese have access to. People miss that. Chinatown. The two institutes he put, put them in, China funds, and his garage, a Chinese operative passed there every single day. His name is Hunter Biden, and he was in <laughs> partnership with the chief spy of China right. when he passed those documents. Now, who the hell would get away with that?
1: Those are great points. <laughs> I mean, and that's exactly right. That's what we're talking about here. That's why when they use the word "Rudy Espionage" in this case, and Adam Dershowitz has said this a million times, it it's, is not. It, it doesn't work at all. Not at all. No, it's a it's a word that's in the
0: statute. If in fact there's jeopardy that that that. Russia or China or Cuba, there's not none of that here. I mean, there's no evidence of any kind suggesting that it got outside of Mar-a-Lago in any way. So that's one kind of a civil violation. And also, there's a real question. Was he operating under the Presidential Records Act, which has civil penalties? And Congress particularly didn't put criminal penalties in because they know how complicated this is with a president. I mean, the guy is trying to separate his life, his personal records from his – I had somebody do it for me, and it doesn't have the same consequences as a mayor because we don't have classified information. But uh, if there were mistakes made, I might have – how do I know? I mean, I I had somebody do it for me. I I said separate anything government, put it on that side, and I actually had it digitized. You you can go to uh, the Manhattan Institute or – other places that you can go online and you can put a name in, and it'll tell you every record I have about it. I'm the only mayor ever did that.
1: I want to close with because this. I'm not
0: afraid. I'm right. not afraid. Go. Right. I want you to find out what I'm right. right. Of course, Maybe. of course. I'm not
1: hiding. Yeah. I <laughs> want to close with this in the final 62 uh, seconds to two minutes, Rudy, the great Rudy Giuliani. Uh, our friend Peter King was in Washington, D.C., a, we- a couple of weeks ago, recently. And uh, they were having some type of hearing. And they were talking about some of the security issues, some of the wars, things going on around the world that can hurt us. And Peter King went with one thing in mind, and that is that he doesn't believe that this administration takes ISIS, al-Qaeda, that group, very seriously. 9-11 this year will be 22 years removed from that tragic day. And he believes that we have become very complacent on the real possibility of another terrorist attack, maybe even here in New York. How do you feel?
0: Well, Peter is 100 percent right. Now, Peter was probably the best head of the Homeland Security Committee we ever had just because of his diligence and his background and his connection to law enforcement, although McCall was terrific, too. And uh, he's absolutely right. I mean, just think about any single person walking over that border can be a terrorist, and we wouldn't know because we don't check them. And if you were running a terrorist group, said, wouldn't you take advantage of that? Yes. I, I mean, I think they fire you as the head of the terrorist group if you didn't. <laughs> right? <laughs> They're walking in in the thousands. We only want to put in about a hundred. We can't slip a hundred people in with all those ca- characters. And we are and we are catching more terrorists than ever before, which means we're missing more terrorists than ever before. For every person we catch. There are at least 50 percent we don't catch. Some people think 100 percent. In other words, if we catch 2,000, 2,000 probably got through without, without our seeing them. And you can know the terrorists are going to err on that side of the equation, right? They're going to the, get the cartels to help them get in without being seen. And uh, the cartels run entry into the United States. It's almost a, a system. So who are they going to put here, good people? Okay. <laughs> yeah. They'll let good people go through as a camouflage. Right. Because they want to slip in the people they make them money with.
1: Scary. Hey, uh, you're the best, whether it's 3 o'clock yeah. every afternoon, the job you did as mayor. I want to wish you, I know it's a couple of days later, but a happy Father's Day. Great father you, you are. Thank you. And yeah. thank you for That's coming right. on, Rudy. I love you, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. You know, I love you, too. Thank you, Rudy. There he is, everybody, the great mayor.